0: Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview at the War Memorial Opera House. It's Friday, February twenty second, 2008, and we're happy to announce that this interview will be podcast and available on our website at sfballet.org. My name is Claire Sheridan. I'm the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College of California, and I'm your host tonight for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. My guest this evening has performed on this stage... As Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, the Snow Queen in Nutcracker, the Lilac Fairy in Sleeping Beauty, and as a dancer you can't take your eyes off, in ballets by Jerome Robbins, George Balanchine, Helgi Thomason, Mark Morris, Christopher Wielden, among others. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome principal dancer Sarah Van Patten. Hi. Okay, Sarah, we want to know everything. So, um, so let's start with this. Can you describe for us a typical workday when you have a performance in the evening? What's your schedule like?
1: Well, that happened yesterday, actually. <laughs> I did the Patisank and Giselle. So in uh, performance day, we always have class at 10, unless on the weekend. So class is a little later because there are two shows. Um, And because we're preparing for the next set of programs this week, for programs four and five, we start rehearsals at 11.30. And I think I finished rehearsals at 6 in the evening with about an hour, possibly two-hour break um, spread at different times in the day. And then I had first act in the evening, so... And you start all over again the next day. Pretty much. This evening I'm uh, not dancing, but for I've done that twice this week. I performed, and the other days it's just rehearsals. You, you
0: mentioned company class, and I wonder, do you cross-train? Do you take Pilates or yoga or lift weights or anything in addition to what company class can give you? I do, actually.
1: Hmm. I used to do a lot of Pilates. My, my mother is actually a certified Pilates instructor and gyrotonic instructor. And I did um, many years of Pilates growing up. And now I have actually do a lot more gyrotonic, which is similar to Pilates, but very different and a very different concept. Um, and I actually became a certified teacher, so I do that a lot.
0: In your spare time. Yes. <laughs> when you're on the stage, what do you see? Can you see the box? Can you see the folks here or way back in the orchestra when you perform? I think that depends on the piece
1: because if I'm doing a ballet that's very audience-oriented where it's, it's you know, you're dancing for the audience much more than an intimate kind of darker piece, then yes, I would say you can see a lot more of the audience. But for ballets, that's um, much more closed where rather than thinking of three sides, you're thinking four um, where it's almost just you and your partner, then I think it's a lot less... You don't see the audience as much because it's m- more between yourself and who you're dancing with.
0: What, how does the presence of an audience affect your dancing compared to, let's say, a run-through of in a, in a, in a, a ballet in a studio? Now that you're on stage, you, you feel the audience. Mm-hmm. How does that change you, your dancing? Well, I,
1: I mean, no matter what... I, you know, anybody dances. It, when there's an audience there, there's a, another kind of energy, another um, spark that happens inevitably from any any part, any difficult to not as difficult. And I think that kind of adrenaline rush will um, happen when an audience is there, as opposed to just a rehearsal time. Um, but then again, in a rehearsal, is also very different because I've seen many rehearsals where you're in the studio and when you're very relaxed and you've done a piece many times, sometimes it can be very special. That's different from having an audience there where you know that the audience is there. So I think it's,
0: it depends. When you're performing, how much of your brain is focused on the character and artistry, and how much is focused on technical considerations? I mean, when you're Juliet, are you totally into the character, or, or is your mind also going, oh, here comes that pirouette sequence that gave me trouble last night? I mean, how, how much is percentage? That's, yeah, that's a percentage?
1: Yeah, that's also very altered to the, the ballet, obviously. Um, when I do, like, Juliet, or a couple weeks ago I did Carousel, And it is, it's, the character development is much more important than um, the actual technical steps. So, which technical steps are also very important. So it's not, I'm not saying, you know, cast them to the wind. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if I'm doing, obviously, more classical roles like Sleeping Beauty, the technique does stand forward a little more in my mind.
0: If there are several people learning one role, do you watch each other perform and get ideas, or is that something you want to avoid? I would say yes. Um,
1: definitely if there's somebody who's done the ballet many times. For instance, I'm learning um, the third pas de deux in the night, which is a very dramatic pas de deux, and I've never done it before. And Lorena Fejo has done the part many times, and so I'm watching her a lot in the rehearsal Because it comes very naturally to her, and she's definitely developed the part to a place that um, I can benefit from learning. Why did
0: you start taking ballet classes?
1: Well, actually, it was my parents, I would have to say. (laughs) My mother. My mother was a dancer, um, and she didn't necessarily want me to become a professional dancer, but... Um, I think it was also incorporated in some kind of a jazz tap and ballet thing, mm-hmm. but that would be why I began. And this was in Boston. In Boston, well, actually, outside Boston, and then we moved into Boston proper.
0: And then you joined the the uh, the Royal Danish Ballet at age fifteen. Mm-hmm. That that's a a difficult journey, it seems, to be a you know working girl at age fifteen in a foreign country. Where was that? Fun for you or terrifying or? You know, I don't think at the time I really
1: realized what it was, which made it okay. <laughs> um, but looking back on it, it was very terrifying. <laughs> I'm surprised I made it or did okay. But no, it was wonderful. I mean, I was really growing up. I was on my own um, in every possible way. And I had a lot of people looking out for me, but it was really my own um, Kind
0: of way of finding myself then. So, and then you joined San Francisco Ballet in 2002. Yes, and then you're promoted to principal dancer in 2007. Do you have any words of advice for any young dancers uh, who might be here in the audience or listening to the podcast? Well, um, I mean,
1: I'm sure in in for any art form, you know, it's it's only it's only successful if you really love it. So I think that would be my only advice. If, if you really want to do this and you're ready to put your whole heart into it, then I think that's the only kind of possible way to succeed.
0: Is that why you dance? Because you have a great passion for it? It developed
1: mm-hmm. at the beginning. It was more of, okay, this is what I'm doing. But I think as I found myself in... Um, Dance, And I found a teacher that I really um, connected with. I grew to love it. And so, yeah. uh,
0: San Francisco Ballet attracts the world's greatest choreographers. And I was wondering if there has been one particular choreographer that's given you some words of wisdom that have, have changed you as an artist.
1: I would have to say a couple. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind who I've worked with a lot now would be Mark Morris, um, just because he's he's completely different from any personality of not even just a choreographer, but just of anybody <laughs> I've met. Um, in a good way, but also he's very abrupt. He's very in your face. You know, he wants the realistic side of dance. He doesn't want kind of this 18th century looking thing. It's, um, which is great to work with because with him it's straightforward and um simple. And so he's he's been wonderful over the past with Sylvia and now with his new work that I'm also in um I've been able to work with him. And also with Chris Wielden, I'd have to say because I was in quaternary which he did um two years ago, and then I premiered Carousel last year and working with him, and I'm also in his new ballet this year. And he's a very um, inspired choreographer who's wonderful to work with, very open-minded, and he's somebody who really takes to the dancer and looks at the dancer individually to choreograph on and doesn't usually have any preconceived ideas, at least not with the work he did this year. Um, so you really feel like it was molded for you. And then, um, there's actually a brand new choreographer, um, whose work I'm in, in the festival, his name's Yorma Elo, and his piece is probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, why is it difficult? Just, um, technically stamina, um, but very exciting. He's somebody who looks at a dancer and, I think, wants to see how far they can push them before you almost can't go anymore. So it's really exciting, Mm -hmm. and he was wonderful to work with.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with Sarah Van Patten, and in a short while we'll be able to take some questions from the audience. Okay, my mother wants to know... Uh, how you like to fill your, your time when you're not dancing? Do you have any hobbies, you know, camping, skydiving, cooking, something? Yeah. Well, I do like to
1: cook, mm-hmm. but um, as you know, I'm also a student of the LEAP program, so if I'm not dancing, I'm usually studying if I'm in class. Sarah was um, working toward her Bachelor of Arts degree from St. Mary's College. So that takes up lots you're of your time. You're doing your homework. Yes, I'm doing my homework. But, no, I mean, I like to, you know, relax, go to the movies, be kind of a normal person, too. So.
0: Well, um, I know for one of your classes at St. Mary's, you created a video documentary. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit that, about that
1: documentary. I did, actually, with my good friend Vanessa Zahorian. We, for our senior project, created a documentary on Muriel. Um, kind of seeing Muriel Moffrey. Muriel Mofre, sorry. I just... Um, in her last year with San Francisco Ballet, and we took video footage and really and made a video on her impact on the San Francisco Ballet community, the dancers, um, and just really how that affected everybody and how it trickled down. You interviewed a lot of people and got their feedback. And we interviewed a lot of people, looked at a lot of footage. We got to learn how to use editing equipment, which was interesting. <laughs> and filming and interviewing, um, so all
0: aspects that we've never touched upon before. It was a great project. Okay, tonight's program, Giselle was originally performed in 1841, and of course some of the choreography and staging has changed, but why do you think this ballet has endured for 167 years? Why has it been popular?
1: Well... I mean, it's the same reason I think classic movies endure forever. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's simple. It, it has a story that everybody can, in a way, relate to or will touch them in some way. Um,
0: and, yeah, I think all of those elements. Um, tomorrow night you'll be dancing the role of Myrta. Queen of the Willies can you tell us about this character and what was the process of bringing your own interpretation to to the role I mean does does everyone has their own way of maybe dancing this of course the steps are the same but mm-hmm. how do you make it your own That's actually what I've I've dealt with myself because
1: technically mirta is exceedingly difficult and I've watched it for many years and I almost, I've never really understood how difficult it was until I started rehearsing it. And on top of that, there is a very, very strong, commanding character that you need to portray, which um, isn't difficult for me, but meaning, you know, I. uh, You can create the character. Right. It's just, it's more natural almost to. For me to have a different kind of uh, scenario, like the carousel girl, but to be more harsh and more strict, almost um, more angry. Yeah, was harder for me to achieve and and really develop throughout the second act.
0: When you say technically difficult, is it, is it the balances? It's with, what's.
1: No, it, um, it has everything. that's why You come out and you have an entrance of Boris, then you have an entrance of Adagio, and then you have a very long jumping solo. So it just has every element in uh, the
0: whole variation. Does your interpretation change from night to night? I mean, let's say you're doing Juliet. Do you, do you play around with the character, and does she, how much freedom do you have to kind of play around with the elements? I think with a ballet like that,
1: definitely, um, because there's a great part of that that should be spontaneous, and um, that will change from night to night.
0: You, you mentioned some the New Works Festival. I was wondering if you wanted to say a few more words about that, and uh, it's a very exciting time in the company's uh, history to have so many choreographers and new works performed in a short period of time. I was wondering if you want to say a few more things about that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean... I'm very excited about it. There are some really beautiful ballets. As I said, I mentioned I'm doing Mark's Moritz's Ballet, Yorma Elo's, Chris Bielden, and Yuri Posakov who also has a beautiful ballet. And it's really exciting because we've never had um, the atmosphere this season, especially, has been so creative. Um, it's really different from any other year, it's very special.
0: We'd like to take some questions from the audience. Yes. Oh, oh, by the way, I will repeat the question so that everybody can hear. This, this, is, this is a question about feet and uh, what kind of shoes you use, how, how, how you deal with it, the, the technique of point work, uh, what's that hopping step that you do or that a lot of the dancers do in certain ballets, and just some information about those crazy point shoes and your feet. That's um, that's actually an interesting question because I've had a bit of a shoe
1: dilemma this season. Um, point shoes are it's it's very difficult because they're well I wear Freed point shoes which a number of the dancers wear and they're handmade shoes. And I remember when I started really wearing shoes in school and they're fairly expensive, which you know is difficult for parents. Um, but how much are they now? Eighty bucks. Well, I think if you buy them sing like Mm -hmm. just one pair, it could be 60 or I'm not really sure, but if they're wholesale, it's cheaper anyways, but you get these shoes and you can't just wear them out of the bag. You have to break them in and you have to take some nails out and you have to bend them in half and you have to crush them. And my father seeing this, he was absolutely horrified because he just spent like, you know, $60 on a pair of shoes that I'm going to wear for only a week, week and a half, maybe, um, so, and then once you get past that, it also depends what kind of role you're wearing for what kind of point shoe. Because again, tomorrow night when I do Mirta, even though I have lots of boris in the beginning, I'm doing lots of jumps and to have softer shoes so you can land the jumps is more important for that kind of a role than for something like hopping on point, which you need a harder shoe so that when all of your weight is on that one shoe, it can support you. And I don't actually think there's a technical name for that. I think it's just hopping on point.
0: Called ouch. And do you use uh, lamb's wool? Do you use paper towels? Do you use gels, band-aids, nothing? Yeah, no, I do, actually. Um,
1: All of the above, not gels, but uh, paper towel and a little bit of lamb's wool. And everybody, it varies for everybody depending on the shape of their foot and how, what they need. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um uh, talking about maintenance to keep your feet strong and first aid technique
1: well that i mean sometimes you just have to bite your lip and do it i guess you know if you have a blister or something but um luckily i have to say after being years on point there's a funny story actually again my father when i first went on point uh, he asked me so what is it you know how is it? Does it hurt? And I was like, no, it doesn't hurt that much. It's okay. It's not that bad. And he said, well, what does it feel like? And I said, well, it feels like my toes are on fire. <laughs> and he was like, gee, that's gotta hurt, you know, but uh, you know, you just do it. Um, so I think after years of putting the point shoes on it, your feet get used to it. Your feet also mold to the shoe, which is why there's, you know, many people say dancers don't have very pretty feet. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think you just get used to it, like anything.
0: Another question. Yes, ma'am. The question is, will the public get to see the video that you created uh, to honor Mo- uh, Muriel Mafre? Vanessa and I would like t- to do that.
1: We're still, um, obviously it's rough. I mean, we've s- we spent a- almost two years working on the film, a year and a half, almost two years. Um, and granted it, it wasn't straight because of, I mean, it, a day like yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to have time, but it was definitely, um, always on our plate, always doing something. Um, and we still have some final stages that we want to do with it, but I could see the project cause we made a DVD as Claire saw, um, definitely going somewhere, maybe into a, a library or a small showing and, She actually still hasn't seen it. So we still have to have a showing with Muriel.
0: Yes, sir. The question is, can you explain Muriel Moffrey's influence artistically on the company?
1: Well, it was uh, obviously a great influence. Like you mentioned, if she danced, people came and watched. Um, And that's also in the studio. If she was doing a rehearsal in the studio, um, I think one dancer said everybody just went quiet, you know, it was, it was definitely a respect. And, and that came off of her respect of the art form and of her work. Um, and everybody looked up to that. And it was, it's a, it's a huge, she made a huge impact on um, the way people approach not just you know, performing and dancing and steps, but just her approach in the studio and with the small things. she often would go into a studio and work by herself and take a video or um and all those things people were able to look at and um, just follow her. And it was, yeah, it was very, I think important for everyone to have her around, and we miss her very much. No, I'm not a senior. I think I
0: might be a sophomore or a junior. The question was about the LEAP program. I can explain in one sentence what the LEAP program is. It's a Bachelor of Arts degree program specifically designed for professional dancers. We started in San Francisco, and without San Francisco Ballet, it wouldn't have happened. I I founded the program, and I came here, and I thought, is there an interest? There was a great interest in finding ways for professional dancers to slowly work toward their Bachelor of Arts degree, so they can make a graceful transition from the stage to regular life. Um, We offer classes in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and we just opened in New York. But we are designed to serve dancers like Sarah. So, Sarah, if you have anything you'd like to add. That basically sums it up. I mean,
1: when I left for Denmark when I was 15, I began ninth grade. And I didn't do very well at all in school because I didn't go very often. So, um, And I stopped going to school, and I moved to Denmark, and they didn't make me go to school, so I left when I was about 14 from high school. And when I moved here and found out about the program, and actually it was Muriel who was the person I really looked up to, and she graduated from the LEAP program, um, I went and took my GED and started about a year and a half ago, two years ago.
0: So, we do. Yes, the question is, yes, I think that's very important that dancers get credit for all their training. Um, they can dance just as well as college dance majors, so why shouldn't they get college credit for doing that? So they are, through a process at St. Mary's, they can challenge certain courses and get credit for courses like dance production or ballet technique. And that, Shortens the time it takes to get the degree Yes What is your favorite ballet to perform and why?
1: I think so far it would have to be Romeo and Juliet Um, Just because it was my my first full length And it's an amazing full length It has an amazing score Um, And I love doing dramatic ballets like that Ballets that I've done
0: It would be that one we have time for one more question, maybe back there. That's a great question, and it is you're doing so many different programs and so many different ballets. How do you remember them all? How can you possibly rehearse them all to keep them fresh in your mind?
1: Well, I mean, that's why we work till six on a performance day. <sighs> um, we don't do all of them, but for instance, today, because the next set of programs open in, I think, a week and a half. I had um, uh, after the rain pot dough de which I'm learning and uh, carousel and an hour i would I'll do probably three or four of them for an hour hour and a half, and if I didn't do one today, I'll do it tomorrow and pretty much do touch upon each one at some time during the day every day and by doing that it's it's like remembering how to. Or if you learn somebody's telephone number or something, it just it happens. I, I don't know how to describe it. But somehow repeating it daily, it's, you just you remember. And a lot of it actually is remembering it with the music. Um, when you learn a piece of music, somehow it seems to transcend easier with the steps, especially if it's a piece that's very well known. I usually work, he asked if we work individually or on a group basis. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, And the core dancers will usually work in one group if they're doing, obviously, the core work. Uh, Like the willies tonight, they have separate rehearsals. But I usually work in a studio with a ballet master a ballet mistress just by myself or with my partner um, or with a small group of people.
0: Well, the clock is ticking, folks. I would like to thank my guest, Sarah Van Patten, our live audience, and our podcast listeners for joining us. You can listen to other Meet the Artist interviews on our website at sfballet.org. Thank you very much for being here and enjoy the show.